So, hey, everybody, welcome to episode 227 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitchell, and I'm in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Mark Rubin down in San Jose, California. Hello. We're recording the day after uh, Christmas holiday, Festivus holiday. You know, Kwan- I think Kwanzaa is on the 26th, actually, now I think about it. I think that's true. Yeah, so this may be happy Kwanzaa to the folks out there, and otherwise it's happy Festivus to the rest of us, um, <laughs> which is uh, kind of interesting since we're Apple people. Um, yeah, so we have a couple of fact checks last week. I wasn't on the show, so um, it was funny because... While I was listening, while I was doing the first pass edit, I was uh, live tweeting, if you want to call it, or live slacking with the guys about the things that I was hearing on the episode. Um, you guys were talking about the Canadian CIA, which up here is called CSIS, um, and uh, that's the Canadian Intelligence Service up here, and um, they're sort of the same role as as the CIA in Canada. And I guess our our equivalent of the FBI up here would be the RCMP, and you've probably heard of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police before. Um, I have. And guys who wear the red coats and ride moose around, right? Yeah, they ride the yeah. So Dudley Do Right. Remember Dudley Do Right from Bullwinkle and Rocky? Yeah. yeah. So Dudley Do Right was it was a, a Mountie. He always gets his man. Um, yeah. And, and well, the thing about it is, is like so in the major cities, we each city has like Toronto has its own metropolitan police force, and you know each each city would have one. But as you move out into uh, like the the province, the, the Ontario Provincial Police uh, is is our provincial police that are outside the cities. And then in some parts of Canada, they don't even have provincial police, so the RCMP are the like the police, you know, kind of thing, right? Um, and I don't know if you remember, you know when um, the Sgt. Pepper Lonely Hearts Club Band, which we've talked about a number of times, there's an, the, you know, the album where the Beatles are in the inside gatefold, the, the Beatles are all sitting facing the, the listener? Yep. You know that famous yep. shot, Mark? Of course, yeah. Yeah, if you look at the patch on, on uh, Paul McCartney's um, uh, arm, it's an OPP patch from the Ontario Provincial Police. Mm. Well, we're all there you go. Um, another fact check is you guys were talking, or at least uh, a friend of the show, yeah, so last week you guys were responding to Adam Armstrong's tweet about a uh, conversation on Twitter about hockey. He was saying that, you know, and I guess Jaime was just reading off the page, but it, he said uh, three versus three and four versus four in, in NHL overtime, which is three versus three. But we actually say three on three, not not three versus three. And it's actually three forwards or three players and a goaltender. But um, uh, there are entire leagues where people play just three on three hockey up here in Canada as well. Probably in the States too. Mm-hmm. Um, we said around, three on three too. I'm not sure where Jaime got three versus three. Well, it was written on the on the notes on the tweet three versus three but three v three uh anyway um at 23 minutes we were talking about uh the um fact that somebody had built some 3d heads and were able to defeat android face id or face recognition software right, right. um and i remembered this from the uh, from the show but because apple ha- apple also looks at the does a scan of the retina when you're or the eyeball when you're looking at uh your phone because there's a feature in there called require attention for face id where you have to look at the phone you can't just wave it in front of your face and have it wake up you have to actually look at it with your eyeballs to do that i think that's part of the reason why and they may have done that as an extra security step as well too but you can disable uh require attention in accessibility settings because obviously you know if you're visually impaired that's not going to work for you but um i don't recommend you do that <laughs> uh, but yeah so the, i think that uh, the apple one of one of the secrets to apple's thing is is i think they also look at things like maybe whether you're i've seen that uh philips had a tool where you could actually measure your heartbeat by, by looking at the camera, the forward-facing camera, and I think it would look at the change of, of uh, color in your face to get your blood, your, your um, heart rate. Hmm. So, yeah, so I think that's maybe part of the mojo that Apple uses to to, to identify uh, what you're doing. And at 47 minutes, you guys were talking about git commit and that git and the uh, that uh, commit um, spell checker, but you were talking about git commits and how sometimes you make a mistake in your git, git committing or comments. Um, and there's a command called git commit with uh, the option uh, amend so it's git commit dash dash amend and you can change the last commit statement that you made so if you're doing that again mark you can just go in and use that y- command yes, to change you can the do that, but be aware that that can be pretty dangerous uh if you've pushed after you oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah and once you push it you're done it, then yeah then if you if you amend it then you then all hell breaks loose no that's what i'm saying but you you have like you have a few oh you're saying you yeah have you ever used the amend function option before yeah yeah 
uh, oh, okay. You know, okay. So you yeah. know about it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just be careful. All right. Okay. Um, we have a couple of uh, Ask MTJCs here as well. So we have from Paul Wilkinson again from the show. Um, he said that Apple did, in fact, use add promo codes for in-app purchases back in October of 2016, Mark. Yeah, I guess I guess I missed that or, or maybe knew at the time and forgot. Cause, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you can, if you're doing reviews with somebody, you can gift them uh, in-app purchases or, mm-hmm. or promos for those anyway. Because um, we, we were talking about like being able to gift uh, in-app purchases to to friends and family. And and I had complained about that in the past because like, like I have, you know, grandchildren who, grandsons who were constantly on their phones and iPads and things. And I couldn't give them, um, in the past, I couldn't give them um, in-app purchase uh, codes or right. gifts, right? Yeah. So. And, and I mean, I remember back when I was doing indie stuff, we would routinely give out the, so we had, we were selling, you know, we were, we were, had apps for, for pay, not free apps. So we would give out promo codes to the press and whatnot. Yeah, of course, uh, yeah. But you couldn't, at the time, you couldn't give out in-app purchase. So it was always kind of a crippled app that you'd have to give out if, unless they went and bought the in-app purchase, which was always kind of a pain. So I'm glad Apple uh, fixed that. Yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah. So on a side note, there's also, I don't know if you've heard of Token, there's a website called Token where, web service called Token where you can, if you suppose you got like 25, you, you know, because you, you check out from Apple a number of uh, promo codes. If you wanted to do like a, a, share them with people on Twitter, like to get beta testers or something like that, mm-hmm. you could also, um, not beta testers because that's not, that's like a test flight thing, but you can, uh, you could, and you probably still can put post like, you know, 20 promo codes on the Token site and then people can just go and download them and right. as, as they see. So, because there's yeah. a one, it's a one-to-one thing, right? So, yeah, a lot of this is, is less relevant now that there is test flight because now you can just, whoever you want, you can just add them to the, you, know, you can make them a one-time test flight beta tester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's not as critical to use promo codes as it used to be. Yeah, like and people used to abuse the whole um, developer devices as well by distributing to their family, friends and family, you know, through the Apple, their Apple developer account, which you're not supposed to do if you read the, if you actually read the, uh, the terms and conditions before you hit just mm-hmm. okay or the whatever button, as I like to call it, um, you'd probably find that you can't, you're not supposed to do that. But I had heard of people doing that in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then, yeah, just uh, following up on um, one more thing I posted here as I was live tweeting or live slacking uh, that uh, a picture of myself and uh, three other friends of the show, I think friends of the show, Renee from uh, the Ray Wonderlick team, uh, Janie um, Ten Kettles, Alex from uh, from our local taco group, it, with, a, with a picture of us with the with the Stanley Cup, and there are five rings on the bottom of the uh, the lower half of the of the cup. And the reason, yeah, again, the reason they do that is if they if they left the rings on, they would grow. And I think they do store the rings at the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame, but I have I have to confirm that. Hmm. So, yeah, so there's a picture. So of where us. was this picture from? Was that from Ennis North or something? Yeah, Ennis North 2016 was just around the corner from the Hockey Hall of Fame, hmm. and um, so our sort of you know trip to as a sort of uh, uh, like a night of fun was was everybody went over to the hockey hall of fame and and wandered mm-hmm. around looked at the stuff and you know you can practice being a goaltender and uh, shooting it you know doing the, the the shootout stuff that they do there so i see yeah all these is like virtual virtual reality stuff like it's a virtual goaltender and mm-hmm. it reacts to where you shoot the puck and stuff so kind of cool stuff cool so uh i just saw this one just quickly before we we started recording today apparently today's the best day for apple stock in a long while best single day performance in five years as the entire market rebounds. I don't know why, if that's a, like a knee-jerk reaction that was just posted today, but Apple's up uh, 7%. Well, it's which... kind of a silver lining because we had the day on Monday, uh, day before Christmas was the worst day the market has had in since since the 1930s. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was a complete mess. Uh, and, you know, lots lots of reasons for it, but uh, you know, partly the um, Commerce Secretary do, making kind of a blunder in, in oh, really? <laughs> trying to reassure the markets, making things worse oh just, and just general mayhem in the in the um uh, financial governance of the country right now. Uh, yeah, so it was a pretty bad day for the market, and Apple in particular went down. Apple's been going down a lot, but they, they went down a lot on, on Monday. Yeah, of course, yeah. So yeah. today was kind of a rebound day. Cool, all right. Yeah, and I think the stock markets here in Canada are probably closed anyway, so we, you know, they're probably in the States too, right? No, they were open today. But they are, are they closed on Christmas Day kind of thing? or Yeah, yeah, closed on Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah. So Monday was kind of a half day. I think it was a, it was a short day, and then they were closed on Christmas Day and opened 
today. That's how they had the rebound today. And that's good news. Um, back to the thing. So um, this this came out today on, on the Twitter and people are reacting to it. Mm. Um, but uh, this um, site called Levels.FYI mm-hmm. has posted a series of um, uh, pays for... Actually, this is compensation, it says here, for um, various levels of, of uh, developers. I think in mostly in the in the valley. Um, yep. You know, entry level, you know, one years or mid-level three years and up and then uh, five years or more for like a senior senior staff or whatever. Um, the kind of rates that the people are getting paid out there. But mind you, that's, again, this compensation, which also which isn't just base salary, right? That's also... The, yeah, this is definitely not base salary. This is, this is uh, there's a lot of stock compensation here, which is why certain companies, yeah. like the ones listed, are, are, are really high because these are ones that have pretty high flying stock. Um, right, that grow quite a bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Although Lyft, kind of surprised by Lyft because I don't think they're public yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's also, I mean, yeah, I, I believe the numbers for sure. I'm, I'm a little surprised by the entry level numbers, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think I think they're probably including uh, potential returns on equity there, not actual returns in for oh, right, some yeah. entry level stuff. But for sure, I believe it for the higher level ones at those companies, without a doubt. Really? Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. It's crazy money, man. But yeah, well, you know, and and uh, it, if the market continues the way it's been going, it won't be like that next year. <laughs> you mean like if it continues to tank, it'll... The yeah, because I mean, when there's a lot of equity compensation, you, you get a certain number of shares, say, vesting every month or so that you can cash out. And if the stock is at $250 as opposed to being at $150, that's a big difference in how much you actually get to take home. Right, I see. So, but are people getting stock that that they can that vests in in, in a couple of months, really, or that it was like no, they no, have to no, for no, a year no. or two? So typically, the way it works is you get a grant when you when you join, you get a grant that the whole grant will will vest over four years. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, and and there's typically a one year cliff, which means that uh, you can't vest your first shares for a year, and then after a year, a quarter of your shares vest, and then after that, the vesting rates vary from company to company, but a lot of companies have a monthly vesting. So you get one forty eighth of your original grant vests every month. Oh, I see. Okay. Four years. And most companies will give you what they call an evergreen, which means every year uh, you get an, another set of shares that's you know roughly comparable to a year's worth of, of vesting of your original grant, hmm. roughly. So this potentially, like, I, I guess so if you were looking at this first year thing, it would mean that this developer would have to stay or this, this person, engineer, product manager, whatever, would have to stay in that position for more than a year to get to, well, to see that. Yeah. So, so the reason I'm a little bit surprised by the entry level stuff is that, yeah, that first year you don't have anything. So if you're entry level, right. then for, for the first year, you just have your salary, which is going to be quite a bit lower than the numbers they're, they're giving there. Uh, so I don't know how they're counting that compensation within for an entry level person, uh, how, how they're including the equity there. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know how they're adding up the numbers there, but it's been a while since I've been entry level. So I'm not exactly sure how it works. Right, right. Yeah. Well, they had another, and there's another link that I posted as well to talk about, and that's, we've we've looked at these guys before. This is um, hired, um, Mm-hmm. com. They had that. They last year they posted the sort of uh, rates around the country in 2017. Um, like if you scroll down the first sort of charts that they have there, mm-hmm. um, show you know what the compensation are like in Toronto. They're saying 73 to 90, 73,000 US yep. uh, versus you know 108 in, in uh, San Diego or 142 in in yeah. San Francisco, right? Sort of yeah. thing. And then so so those completely make sense to me for base salary. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Right. So again, um, that doesn't include the, the stock or, or bonus, right? And, and it would depend on like, the performance. And like I know an Apple getting an Apple stock, you know, would be or a Google stock, which which tend to grow quite a bit, right? Uh, it's interesting if you scroll down that the, the um, there's another one there, another chart that which I find more interesting, which is the average tech salary um, adjusted for uh, for San Francisco yeah. cost of living. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Right. You know, San Francisco, we uh, the Bay Area here, we get we get higher absolute numbers generally than other places, but you know, the cost of living is so ridiculously high. Here. Here that right, yeah, doesn't yeah. really you know go as far. That's for sure. So according to this, you know, Jaime up in Seattle is, is probably doing better <laughs> potentially because uh, one, two, three, four 
cities are Seattle, Austin, and Denver based on the cost of living. Um, Toronto's not so bad. I mean, you know, considering yeah. you know, you know, well, considering all the yeah. benefits we get too, right? Yeah. Well, what the chart is saying though is that if you if you make 142k in the Bay Area to have an equivalent standard of living, uh, you would have to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So if you make 142k, that, that's equivalent of making 182k in Seattle. It doesn't mean people are making 182. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. But if you want to compare where where you are in the scale of things compared to that, right? So right. But if you you know if you and I'm just pulling numbers out of the air here. If you're making 100k in Seattle, uh, you're you're probably living comparably to someone making 142k in in San Francisco. Right. That's right. what those numbers mean. So you don't have to make as much. Yeah. And there's also uh, Greg and I were talking about this the other day. Um, we had our annual Christmas lunch together and. Um, uh, I was talking about the soft costs, like, you know, the, the, the fact of the particular place I work at right now compared to other places I could work in, in the city, you know, there are benefits, there are things that I like about, you know, my commute, the, mm-hmm. my, my, uh, the brand loyalty that I have for this particular uh, branch that I work at. Um, you know, and a number of other factors, you know, like, like, you know, the, the way I'm you know treated by the company and the amount of hours I have to work, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, those are a lot of, a lot of factors you have to take into consideration. Like for me to move to the United States, you know, uh, would be disruptive to my family life because my wife wouldn't want to move, you know, sort of sure. thing. Right. So we'd have to have two houses and, you know, um, I'd have to commute back and forth on holidays and things like that. So if I was a young single guy, it would be a different story than being married or even, you know, married with grandchildren. Right. Or even children. Right. So all of those things have to be weighed into the into the decision about you know uh, whether you are personally going to move down or you have to move your whole family down or you're going to have to do the commute thing or whatever, right? So um, interestingly enough, too, just as another sidebar, I was reading today that a lot of um, a lot of jobs are moving towards uh, sort of working remote or working from home kind of uh, logic. That may be something that we see a lot more in the in the upcoming years is more and more opportunities for people to uh, work remotely or like I may work from home. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, that's so. a, that's a pretty typical thing in the Bay Area. There's a lot of working from home in the Bay Area. A lot of yeah, mm. yeah a, a lot of it is because the traffic here is so insanely bad, as you've heard me mention right, a few yeah. times. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So even if you if you have an hour commute each way, you know, you can even yeah. if you even if you only work if you save two hours commuting every day, you can work an extra hour and and still be ahead, right? By by working at home. Yeah. There's more information on this on this hard page. It's kind of interesting too. Um, you know, about uh, pays by race or pays by age as well. Like you know, uh, younger people, what kind of salaries they're they're getting and asking for um there's one there's one uh, page uh, a pay by age you know like whether you're 20 to 24 or whether you're you know 34 or 55 to 59 or 60 plus you know mm-hmm. um they're pretty close you know once you get past 30 or, or so but right. uh they, they do vary in terms of age as well right mm-hmm. so lots of different things about uh, how people are paid interesting there's nothing here about women versus men you know it's just kind of an interesting number that would be interesting to look at mm-hmm. you know so, but also you can see the there's a, a sliding scale here in the middle where it shows the salary changes in each market over the last three years or so. Where was that one? I don't see that. Um, year over year salary change, sort of in the middle. Just but after the average, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going up, you know, in most cases. But uh, even they even got UK in there, London, England, and mm-hmm. Paris, and so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see where where salaries go this this upcoming year. Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see it see them level off or even decrease, given that I I think we're headed for a recession personally. Yeah. Well, so the recession. When you say that, like, will that depress salaries as well or opportunities or? Sure. Yeah. 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 Be, it, it means that companies won't be hiring as much there won't be as okay. many jobs uh there'll be layoffs and uh you know with that salaries always go down right oh, okay that's what i cool. expect good to know yeah all right well one of the things we talked about last week was um uh the potential of of we have a uh, on, <laughs> on our other podcast spotcast we do a thing called the spockies where we sort of pick the uh our best sort of choices for the year so we decided to have the justies this year on more than just code <laughs> um and so we just like we just listed, huh is this like the dundies the dundies yeah I, or or the Darwin Award, I guess. Um, so I've just listed off a bunch of things that we covered here in the year, and we'll just go through them real quick, and then and then we'll sort of sum up what we were thinking. When Tammy was going to join us on the show. I think she may have gotten chased down by a turkey, or who knows what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she hasn't shown up. But she did give us her pick, so we'll we'll, we'll sort of discuss her things for her. Um, but yeah, so um, back in January 28, 2018, we, you know, it was the 25th anniversary of PCALC, which was an interesting uh, set of talks um, that I posted about uh, what James Thompson was talking about. Um, 
how he how he developed PCALC and the fact that it was the 25th anniversary. Um, our friends at Buddy Build got acquired by Apple back then. Um, the HomePod was was coming. It was an, it was it was available for order in early in January, right? So of course we were talking. You were talking about the Corsair machine learning course yeah. uh, as one of your picks. Um, and moving on, we had uh, I, I had the green line effect on OLED effect on my uh, defect on my right. my iPhone 10, which had to get replaced. So Jaime got his uh, HomePod. So we talked about the HomePod back in back in February. Mm-hmm. I just picked one of those up, by the way. Yeah. So what do you think about it? I like it so far. I've only had a couple of days, but uh, but I like it. So do you have a, do you have a um, Apple Music subscription? I don't have Apple Music actually yet. So I mean, I have tons of music on my on yeah. my computer. So I just use AirPlay essentially to 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 uh, send it over to the to the home. So how do you, so can that's one of my, one of my questions. I looked at the HomePod a little while ago, but, but I figured since I didn't have um, Apple Music, in fact, I may get Apple Music soon because I have an Audible um, a subscription which I'm not really using. So I might, I you know that that's more or less the same amount of money as as an Apple uh, Apple Music account. So I might cancel one and get the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so is it is it functional without having like I mean, can, do you have to send it from the phone specifically or no? I send it from my Mac. Uh, in okay. iTunes, there's there's a just a little pull down uh, yeah. right next to where it has the sort of the title bar at the top uh, where it tells, mm-hmm. it tells you what the song is where you can select you know to play through your computer or through your op tv or right or, or through your home pod so i just use that so can you say to home pod you know play this particular track from no no you can't so it it, it the, uh, the siri uh stuff doesn't work with your own local library that only works with Apple music but regular right. siri on the on the home pod uh and you can still tell it to change the volume or pause or whatever using siri you can ask it like what the weather is and you can ask it yeah, that kind yeah. Of stuff. everything you can use siri on the phone I, I believe you can do it on the home pod you could ask it the score in the hockey game or baseball game or whatever well let's let's check hey siri <laughs> what's the score of the football game tonight there are three college football games today unfortunately it looks like boston college boise state game was canceled so to crash georgia tech by a score of 34 to 10 today in california and dcur tied with seven each with less than a minute remaining in the third quarter. There you go. She's pretty chatty, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We'll have to have some more follow-up from you on that. Um, mm-hmm. As well in February, was the, it was the anniversary of the iPhone OS SDK, um, which led to a lot of conversations with us about our uh, our choices of uh, life, as, as it were. Um, I think you, I'm not sure, February, was that when you guys were able to talk about the Skydio R1? Because that was yeah. one of our picks. Yeah, we finally released the Skydio R1 back in February. Right, uh, okay, cool. That I had been working on for a while before then but couldn't really talk about it so that it's been out like i said since february we came out with the apple watch version in was it uh august september september sometime yeah yeah we talked it was one of our picks i think that back then too um astropad studio came out which is a sort of a more advanced version of the astropad uh app for uh and that's a one-year subscription i believe for um for astropad studio um charles proxy for ios was announced we'll come back to that one in a few minutes um let's see we had a lot deep fake stuff back in in march we were talking about deep fake and modifying things and i think later in the summer we saw um a deep fake of uh of barack obama being published around right um also in, in march apple announced a new ipad 9.7 and the logitech crayon which is a so the entry-level iPad would now supports not the pencil, but the the Logitech crayon. Or was it pencil and crayon? No, it's just a crayon. And that's the only device that works with, too, as well. Um, I was excited that the Minimoog Model D for iOS also came out in, mm-hmm. in uh, March. Mm-hmm. In April, we had Swift for TensorFlow. Um, IBM Watson and CoreML were sort of pe- t- teamed up. And Jaime did a bunch of talks based on uh, using IBM Watson, if I'm not mistaken. Right, right. Right, so he did a talk on that in the summer. Uh, Apple started its Give Back program. And another thing that we've been following for a number of years was, was the Apple Watch boutique stores that were around the, the world, basically. Uh, they closed the last one back in April, uh, or we're talking about it back in April. Um, also in April, my, I published my article on uh, how to keep learning after 50 and other ways to hack your brain, which is more more about, less about being older and learning new things, but more about the science of neuroplasticity and how you could use that to modify your how you learn things. And I've, I've been using the principles um, that I learned about uh, doing that and, uh 
yeah. So so I've been able to uh, find ways to, to understanding how the brain works, I guess, more or less um, helps me, has helped me sort of learn new things. I've learned new songs, I've learned new coding practices and different kind of things using the techniques. And, and uh, you know, because, you know, you have short-term memory, which is sort of chemical bonds that are burnt, chemical neurons that are created. And then if you practice something a little bit at a time every every couple of days or so, you start to build uh, structural memories. And then if you do things repeatedly for a long period of time, you end up with behavioral uh, memories, which is why if you learn how to play guitar, you know, you might learn a song one day and, and then you'll forget how to play it three days later. But, you know, you were a rock star the first day you learned it. And then, but if you keep practicing that that riff or that little segment of the of the song over a while, you'll start to become a, create a structural memory for it. And if you play for that thing for, you know, six months to a year or whatever, or even longer, you, you, it just becomes second nature to you. It's like driving a car, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, after a while, you, you're just able to drive down the road without really thinking about all the sort of nuances of driving. That's because you've created behavioral memory for yourself to work with, right? So, and you can use that same kind of thing to learn new, new coding technologies and languages and stuff like that as well. But now, you know, understanding how that works makes it easier to, to build these memories yourself. This is why I called it Hacking Your Brain. Um, Tammy's book, uh, Xcode Treasures, or sorry, the, the book that Tammy edited called Xcode Treasures uh, came out also in April, I believe, or it was in beta in April, I think. Um, it's out now out as a, as a full-blown book. May saw the 20th anniversary of the iMac, which was interesting. Mm. And we also had the first Uber death, uh, U- Uber self-driving car uh, killed a pedestrian. I forgot the details behind that, right? So we started talking about GDPR back in May as well, which is the, the new European law where you cannot, you know, you have to be able to erase a client, a user's data if they, at their request. Um, May was also the an- an- 10th anniversary of the uh, Apple Store itself, the actual Apple Store, physical retail store. Uh, Tammy picked Visual Code Studio back in then as well. Uh, we talked about Susan Care back in June about the creation of the command key icon and, you know, giving them, giving us, putting a smile on the Mac's face. Um, we were guessing about the iPad coming with face recognition because we saw some leaked images of the iPads without home buttons, right? And that was your first trip to WWDC in 2018, Mark. It was, yeah. 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 So what did you, you think about that? I was in your hometown of San Jose as well. It was, yeah. It wasn't too far away. Uh, it was it was a good experience. It was fun. Um, there, you know, there wasn't as much new and exciting this year as in some past years, but it was still good to go. I mean, they didn't, didn't announce a new technology like iPhone and they didn't talk about like new things like Swift and stuff? They did not. <laughs> well, they did introduce Create ML, which is one of my favorite things and probably yeah. my favorite thing that Apple came up with this year. Cool. We'll come back to that. Um, so in July, they refreshed the MacBook lineup with the new, for the MacBook Pros, that is. Um, the App Store itself turned 10 in June, in July, or we're at June, July, because I guess that was when they announced the, uh, the SDK was going to come out. Uh, and that with that, or sorry, yeah, yeah, the App Store where, where uh, back in 20, or yeah, was it 2008 was when the uh, App Store opened for people to be able to publish apps, right? And Adobe announced Photoshop coming to the iPad, which is kind of an important thing. The Memoji was born, which is probably my least favorite thing for 2018. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, really, I mean, it's cute and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, we don't all need to look the same, is my point. Um, also in July, or yeah, around July, I discovered Beyond Meat, Beyond Meat and Beyond Meat Burgers, which came to AW, which was kind of cool. And Affinity Designer for iOS also came out from the folks over at, at uh, Affinity. Uh, August saw the new iPad Pros uh, announced, or, or were talked about. I guess they didn't, they didn't come out until much later. Um, and that's when I started listening to the ongoing history of new music podcast as well, which is Alan Cross's, uh, used to be a radio show, but now he's publishing it as a, as a podcast. And we also saw, in September, we saw the Apple Watch Series 4 came out, the iPhone XS, the iPhone XS Max, and the iPhone XR, although the, la- the last one wasn't available for a month or so after that. Um, October saw the Luna Display come out, which is a uh, plug-in for a Thunderbolt or, uh, or USB-C or Thunderbolt 3 port where you can use your uh, iPad as a, as a monitor using this uh, wireless device, like using the Apple Wireless technology. So We also saw the new uh, 2018 MacBook Air came out, very similar in, in footprint to the MacBook Pro 13, but uh, new features and a new Retina display and Touch ID, right? But Touch ID, but no Touch Bar, right? Yeah, the new MacBook Air doesn't have a Touch Bar. That's true. Right, yeah. So that's why I'm buying a, a MacBook Pro 13 in the next couple of months. Um, because of the Touch Bar? Because, well, primarily, no, primarily because you can't put an i7 processor in the MacBook Air anymore. They don't have an option for that. And you can't get anything. I think you can get a one terabyte drive. No, can you? can't remember. But there, yeah, there's a couple of reasons why I wanted to decide to go with uh, with the MacBook Pro 13. Well, it's the same physical size. Like when the lid's closed, it's the same size as, as uh, MacBook Pro 13. So I don't see any difference other than maybe it's a little thinner, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, no, yeah, Sorry, so. does the MacBook Pro 13 have a touch? 
touch bar? I don't think it does. It does. Yeah, it, it does. does. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's a full touch. Well, you can get it without a touch bar. You can get it with just function keys if you if you're an escape key fanatic. Yeah. Or, or you can also get it with uh, touch bar and touch ID. So mm-hmm. I'll I'll go with the latter. And and I'll you know put 16 gigs of RAM and one terabyte hard drive and so on and so forth. Right. Um. Yeah. So they also announced the new um, uh, iPad Pro, uh, 2018 iPad Pro with uh, 11 inch and uh, 12.9 inch and uh, the new second generation iPad pen or Apple Pencil iPad Pencil <laughs> Apple Pencil. I don't they call it the iPad Pencil. I don't know. Um. So that's kind of cool. I'll probably get one of those some somewhere down the road. I haven't figured out when though. Yeah, I will, probably will too. Although I'm a little disappointed by the latest Bendgate. Bendgate, yeah. Last time. Well, I don't know if it's reassuring you from Mark, but uh, I asked. I wasn't at work this week, but the person who's got my iPad Pro at work, because um, we asked last week if anybody had one, but I was you know, yelling at my phone saying, "Yeah, I got one." But um, uh, I had him look at down the length of my iPad that's at the office, and it's not bent. So I don't know if it's a common thing or how how prevalent it is, but yeah, mine is not bent. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, well, I guess if you the, can... the problem is though that it's since it's a manufacturing issue, yeah, not a defect according to Apple, but it's an issue. You don't know until you get it whether the one you ordered is going to have it. Yeah, or even if you pick one up in the store, right? So, right, still sealed inside a box. You won't know until you open it. Yeah, yeah, and and I wonder if they'll even like if you opened it in the store and said, "Well, this one's bent. Go get me another one." If they would, I don't think they would honor it. I wonder. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they would. Well, I don't. I don't know if they would actually. I don't know. It would depend on the store, I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. And whether they know about the issue or not. Right. Right. You know, they may have got a memo from Apple. I'm sure they got an Apple from a memo from Apple. They were pretty good about that kind of stuff when I was around them. Yeah. Um. So number November 2018, we saw Apple's. Uh, stock price drop. I think we talked about that in the past before and a little bit on the show, I think, as well, that um, generally the markets all over have been uh, have been uh, depressed. But also, yep. I think Apple's taken a bit of beatings from the Qualcomm and the the, uh, the China um, tariffs, which aren't helping. Yeah, also the the decision to not report iPhone numbers right, as right. part of the earnings. Right. That was a big part of it, which right. which tells analysts, whether it's true or not, it, it analysts think it means that the iPhone numbers are going down. Right. Whether that's true or not, we don't know because they're not going to tell us anymore. But but it certainly gives that impression that that's mm-hmm. why else would they not port them? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so we also had, we saw a couple of things. Uh, I think, I'm not sure if this was Greg that brought up this one about teach yourself computer science course. Um, I got excited by Minimac. I don't that one. No? I might not. Uh, there was one episode I wasn't here and that might have been that one. One? <laughs> okay. Well, at least one. At least one, yeah. Uh, all right. And then um, you, put, you brought up the one about the deep deep learning specialization course that came up as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then uh, December saw uh, Amazon started its own machine learning university as well. Like, I guess everybody's getting into machine learning. Yeah. And we started to see reports of poor iPhone XR uh, adoption figures and sales and so forth. Right. Even though I, I was an Apple senior executive who said that the iPhone XR is selling better than expected. So yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah. Well, I guess we won't know for sure because they're not going to tell us the actual numbers. But we'll right. see. We'll see what Apple's uh, overall earnings are in January right. this quarter and see uh, see how things are going. Right. And then we've got um, so we have our, our, our sort of I asked the, the, the folks on the podcast to pick uh, pick and choose their best uh, things. Uh, Tammy picked uh, AR Kit for, by Tutorials, which I guess this is a book that uh, she worked on with uh, some folks at Ray Winterlick about uh, using AR Kit on, uh, that came out this year. Uh, another pick for her was Affinity Designer for iPad, yep. um, which is, you know, it's cool. I've got that app as well, and it's it's pretty neat uh, tool. It's sort of a Illustrator clone. I think they had Affinity Photo for iPad came out the year before, which is a great program. Um, I haven't really got dug into it too deep. Um, but she also is a big fan of Clip Studio uh, Paint for iPad, which is a um, a tool she uses for doing animations. Uh, she's a big fan of that kind of tool. It used to be called Manga Studio, I think, before, mm. but because uh, she's into the animation and the manga and stuff. And uh, Mark, what did you have for your pick? So I, I think, as I just mentioned, I think Create ML is one of my favorite things that Apple came up with. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? And uh, for those people new on the show who've never listened to the episode before, what is Create ML, Mark? Oh, Create ML is it actually it, it came from an acquisition that Apple made a couple of years ago called. Oh, really? Tori. Yeah, Tori was a little startup up in Seattle, I think, that made a bunch of tools for training machine learning models. Uh, and they had a product called Tori Create that Apple took pieces of uh, and made into something called Create ML, which works well with, works really seamlessly with, with Core ML. So you can actually train machine learning models very easily on your Mac. Uh, it is, for example, if you want to make an image classifier model, which basically you have a bunch of images in different categories, and you want to create a model that can a machine 
learning model that can take a, a different image and figure out you know what it is based on on, on the model that you trained. Uh, with Create ML, you can do all you can do all this in a Swift playground. Basically, in three lines of code, it pops up a little GUI. You drag and drop all your training images into the GUI, let it crunch for a while, and then when it's done, you got a model and it can and it can look at other images and, and classify them based on uh, on what you trained, which is a cool. pretty cool thing. Usually, you have to go into something like TensorFlow and build a whole model from scratch, and then and then uh, you know keep track of all the linear algebra and all the math, and and uh, and then go and train train uh, your model manually. By I mean, you do the same thing by putting in all the images, but usually it's it's a much more laborious process than than CreateML makes it. Yeah, I had to set weights and stuff like that too, right? In terms of quality, right? Well, the weights the weights are are what are learned. Mm. That's that's kind of the whole idea behind the the models is the a neural network is just a whole bunch of nodes that all have different weights associated with them. Uh, and the weights are what picks it starts from your inputs. It picks out all the different features. Uh, and the weights are just kind of the fitting parameters that are used to to evaluate all your inputs and come up with a final value. So so the weights are, are are actually the learned values. And the reason it takes a lot of a lot of data to train is that you know the more complicated model you are, the more weights there are it has to learn. So there can be thousands and thousands of parameters that have to be learned. Right. But cool. hides all that under the hood. You don't have to worry about any of it. You just drag and drop it, and boom, you get a model. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. And uh, so I did a, I think I went through a tutorial from probably from the Ray Runlick folks again on, on building my own model as well. So it was kind of an interesting thing. It took a long time on my iPad Air <laughs> to train it, but still, they give you a well, Oh, you were training on the iPad Air? <laughs> no, the iPad Air on the, on my MacBook Air. Your MacBook Air. MacBook Air. Yeah. 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 Still, it's a, I mean, it's a 1.72 gigahertz or 1.7 gigahertz processor, but it's not you know, yeah. super duper fast. But well, I mean, you know, doing doing training any any kind of model on a on just a single laptop is is going to take a long time for it for yeah, anything sure. serious because usually when people create these models they they do the training on these giant server farms that just can crunch for for days on end uh, right. so just do it on a laptop is you know you're not going to be able to do anything really sophisticated but but if it's something simple that you want to just put into your own app it's it's a it's a great thing cool all right um so my picks for this year would be, would be Charles Proxy for iOS we do a lot of uh, we do a lot of network calls and a lot of um, you know in the apps that I do you know a lot of um, tokens and you know things coming back and forth and mm-hmm. uh, requesting things from servers and getting back responses and being able to debug them is a real challenge in a lot of cases and uh, so having Charles Proxy on the actual iOS device test that you're testing and you're able to capture the logs right on the device uh, is is takes you know zero configuration uh, compared to trying to do it on a Mac where you have to proxy through the Mac and depending on your network settings you may have challenges with doing that so um, it's pretty generally pretty straightforward but yeah but doing it on the, on the iOS device itself is is a godsend uh, in my opinion hmm. how does it work with with sandboxing I mean can can the controls proxy uh, capture network data from a different app different running app um, I'm not sh- no well it, it basically it, it basically puts a VNC connection so it's actually proxying right on the device right so mm-hmm. all all the apps that you're using that use network calls will go through your Charles we'll proxy this. session right yeah. so okay. whether you're doing public banking or or you know logging onto onto third party servers or whatever all those those uh, things are captured in there as well so then yes it, it, it can capture yeah you just have to go in and tell it to use the you know the SSL um, decry- right. decrypting and it creates it install a certificate to do that right as well so right right yeah my other uh, pick is mini virtual mac for ios which is basically being able to run uh 68k emulation on my uh, on my ipad so i've been able to run like yesterday i was running dark castle and got the christmas tree um uh, easter egg to show up uh, mm-hmm. but basically yeah you can run you can run 68k apps on your on your ipad uh which are really cool i mean I, I, i'm sure there's probably a, a, a virtual mac for uh, for mac os as well but basically Install a, a original Mac toolbox into the uh, into the iPad, and then you basically run all your old retro stuff, right? I haven't tried the color Mac configuration yet, but uh, mm-hmm. it's in there as well. So but, you can uh, run Marathon on your iPad. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Yes, you yeah. can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably can. Well, if it ran on, yeah, it ran on 68K. If it, ran, it could run on a Mac 2, I think Mac 2 is the the highest emulation they have in there. Uh-huh. Like you know, I think it did because I can't remember. Oh wait, actually, could it run on a Mac 2? It might have been later than no, that. No, I think so. No, I think so because. Um, I don't think it was PowerPC per se, right? 
Hmm, good question. I don't know because Dune Dune came out. Doom came out first, and then and shortly after uh, Marathon started. Right, that was from Bungie Software. I thought Marathon but, was first. No, I, you know it, it was first on Mac, but I think Doom Doom came out pretty quickly thereafter on Windows. Right, and then it was ported over to Mac. Mm, it always looked uglier, in my opinion. But yeah. what do I know? Um, yeah, I played most of the most of the Marathon things on my Mac. It had that sort of cheesy 3D effect where right, you right. had uh, it was almost like cardboard cutouts of of aliens. You know how you, you cut like uh, down the middle, like you know how you make paper Christmas trees back in the day by cutting down a slot down the top and slot from the bottom, and you would slide them together and create like this sort of pseudo 3D. Mm-hmm. The graphics were like that too. As you walked around, you could see that there actually had there were two flat images mm. stitched together. But yeah, I mean, I'm really enjoying running that. The only thing, the only hassle about it is uh, you need to use an actual keyboard. So I have my Bluetooth keyboard out of storage and I'm using that. So it's it's awkward to use a, a external keyboard with a with a laptop with an iPad sitting on your lap. But you know, oh, what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. But the, but the you know the, and you use your finger as a mouse, which is kind of neat. So it's a little hard to, to play Dark Castle because you used to use the keys on the keyboard to navigate the guy around, but you'd use the mouse to, to aim and shoot. Mm. So then, space bar shoot. I think so. Yeah, um, that's kind of cool. I really, I'm really enjoying like you know getting out my old Mac, my old Mac apps and playing around with them and stuff like that. And, I, and you know, I suppose theoretically, I could open up my old you know other apps that I had on there that, uh, you know, rendering and illustration and stuff like that as well. Anyway, so I do actually have a pick for this episode, even though we weren't really planning on having picks, but have you seen the Home Alone, the Google Home Alone commercial? Uh, I saw it after you posted the link. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch it? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah, so it's like Kevin McAllister as an adult yeah. now using Google right. Home and, and doing running through the whole routines of that he ran in the in the, um, in the the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Home Alone, so it's kind of funny. Uh, yeah, I saw it on, so it came up on, on, um, on the YouTubes or on Twitter a couple of days ago, but uh, I showed a few few people. Did you know that movie, the black and white movie with the the filthy animals? You know the movie that's uh, that's in that he watches in the in the movie. You've seen the movie, right? I have seen the movie, but did yeah, you know that that was not a real movie? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, that this just came out today. That even Kevin Mc, even um, Macaulay Culkin didn't know it was it wasn't a real movie. Hmm. <laughs> they did it just for the for the movie. Hmm. So yeah, leave keep the change, you filthy animal. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So it's kind of funny. Just check. We'll have a sh- link in the show notes for that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess that's it for another week, and maybe till the end of the year. I guess will it be next year by the time we record? Yeah. This is this, this is, is the last one of the year. Wow. It's the twenty seventh already. 26th. Yeah. By the way, you know, we are, we passed our second year anniversary on, on uh, Fireside uh, IO. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fireside Good. IO FM? Fireside FM, I think it is. Posting on, on Fireside. So, yeah. Um, cool. All right. So, I guess, uh, Mark, if people want to find you on the intro, where would they look or how can they get in touch with you? Mark R at smapsoft.com. All right. And my name is Tim Mitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machine, and that's the best way to get a hold of me. So, I guess until next year, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. And thus ends another episode of More Than Just Code. This is friend of the show, Katie. And another friend, Jesse. We hope that you enjoy the show as much as we do, including the parts about code. And also the parts about more than code. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. There you can find a summary and show notes of each episode, with links to the items talked about on the show, as well as links to the apps on the App Store. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment on the website. And if you can, please rate a review on iTunes. If you're listening on Overcast, go ahead and press the recommend button. All of these things help others find out about the show, and we really appreciate your help with spreading the word. The show is also on Twitter and Facebook, the Twitter account being MTJC underscore podcast. You can also support the show by pledging any amount on Patreon.com slash MTJC. That's what we do. Thanks for listening with us. Let's either have the same amount of fun or more next time. Is that today, Festivus? Nah, there, there is no such thing. Well, I know there's no official <laughs> date of Festivus. That's the whole point of it, right? So yeah. I mentioned that to my son, and, and he says, are we going to do the feats of strength or the uh, something <laughs> else first? And I can't remember what uh, the other thing was, but I, I must have missed that part of the episode. A metal pole. Oh, um, sorry? A metal pole. There's something to do with a metal pole, gathering oh, around right. the metal pole. Okay, right. And the feats of strength. And the feats of strength, yeah. Was this, uh, was this uh, Kramer and, uh, um, what's his name's father that came up with this? Or? It was George's father. George's father, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. But he came up with the whole concept? The whole concept. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, um, you never saw that episode? I, 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 might, I might have seen it, but I, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've watched Seinfeld a handful of times. I'm not a real aficionado. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, no. I didn't watch it regularly. I watched it, you know, occasionally. So. Yeah, it's worth binging. There's a lot of uh, tropes no. that have come out of that. Yeah, well, I, I do, I do, um, I do watch it when it's on TV occasionally. I'll leave it, leave it on the TV for a bit. And, yeah. um, you know, at Tom's Diner, where they go and have their, their the coffee and stuff like that? Monk's, Monk's Diner. Is it Monk's? Well, it's actually Monk's. Tom's Diner is the actual officially, official place in New York. I guess that, that stands in for that place. The, I guess the exterior view. That's where um, they did Susan Vega, I think. Um, the song called Tom's Diner. Anyway, that's the, the track they used to sort of perfect the compression technology and stuff like that. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's an acapella piece. Let me see if I find it. Yeah, Susan Vega. I was right. But it was like, yeah, it was this, it's the, you know, I am sitting in the morning at the diner on the corner. Oh, yeah. You know the song. I know that song. But apparently that's the, the track they used for uh, CD technology. I was listening to Ongoing History Music on um, by Alan Cross podcast. And um, right. yeah, he was talking about things that annoy him about um, audio recording. One of them is like auto tune, you know. The other one is the difference between cassette tape, CD, and vinyl and MP3s. In what know. sense? What would in terms of like whether you can tell the difference or not? Engineers say you can't, but um, apparently there's something in the brain that can t- that tells can tell when you're listening to an MP3 because of the gaps and because it has to you know it has to digitize the music and it loses gaps in the in the stream and somehow your brain knows. I don't believe it. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you read the book? This is your brain on music. You know, I started it and. And kind of got bored. Yeah, it was kind of a dull read. Yeah, I, was, I had it as an audio book, but yeah, yeah, same sort of same sort of thing. Yeah, fascinating. I mean, like, so one of my clients uh, was a was a music professor and or music teacher and musician, yep. and um, so I, I went and saw him once to talk about you know maybe learning chord structures or whatever from him yeah. and and. But on, he had a website that I used to host for him, and um, one of the clips he had on it was was how music actually works. Like one of the things about it is the the beat of the of the song uh, can affect your heart rate, right? So, sure. yeah. Um, and what was he saying? That what's it? Uh, I think is it reggae? Reggae is the best music for dogs to listen to because the the, <laughs> the the pace is the same as a dog's heartbeat. That's why dogs like reggae more than other kinds of music. Is that right? Okay. Well, it's how, interesting. How do I know they can't well, ask the dog. So here, but here's an interesting thing though i went to i went i you know of course i wear my apple watch and it, it monitors my heart and you know have all yeah. the apps set up to look at the heart rate and yeah. i went to see a youtube cover band a couple of months ago yeah and it was interesting because you know like because you know really got into the, it was a, a they were redoing recreating zoo tv and and i taped some of it so i know like i mean i video videoed it so i know when they were playing the songs they were playing because i could see on the on the the iphone what time they played the songs at and if i looked at my heart rate during those songs it was up around 140, 120 beats per minute, like solid for like the good five, six minutes that the song lasted, right? And if you look at it, if you go and find the song, you know, in look at the tempo of the song, that was the tempo of the song. So I could see that it... 140 I, it, beats per minute, did you say? Yeah. That's like, pretty high. Like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, it's like, that's a, that's why like the apps were kind of going, hey, dude, slow down, whatever, yeah, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But apparently, yeah. Like, I mean, that's why they, you know, they say if you listen to you know, driving, like pound driving music like you know you you tend to drive faster because your your body starts to move you know at a, at a faster rate increases your because, clock rate yeah. yeah i think so yeah 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 it over overclocks you right <laughs> yeah so go so going back to the uh the differences in the media uh i believe that mp3 and cd are are different yeah because an mp3 is is compressed right and you are losing some of the signal but but uh but you're also but you also don't forget your kids are digitizing you're, you're you have mathematically you have to lose information in between right? yeah yeah but but you're so you're talking about it in an in, in a cd as opposed to, no. but cds are also compressed too right because there's compression at the high end and low end right well to, to make them the smaller smaller so, size right? well okay hold on hold on you're i think you're confusing different types of compression there's you can compress when you when you talk about recording compression that's that's a that's a, that's a technique to to yeah. you know to shoot to to decrease the the dynamic range basically so you can fit more in mm-hmm, right mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. that's different than than math that's different than the compression no i know it's, it's different than jpeg compression or whatever. well similar to jpeg yeah. compression is it's right. but, it's not meant to be noticeable right yeah 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 but it 
when you take an audio signal or really any kind of signal, yeah. uh, then you can, there's a, there's kind of a fundamental mathematical theorem that shows up everywhere in engineering and science mm-hmm. uh, called Fourier analysis, mm-hmm. which basically says that any, so the, the simplest way is any periodic signal can be composed into a, a sum of frequencies, some, some of signals of different frequencies at, at har, in harmonics that all add up. If you take enough of them, they'll add up exactly to the original signal. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you can always decompose any signal into a, a series of, of terms. And like I said, if you, if you have, I mean, mathematically, if you have an infinite number of them, it'll come back exactly to your original signal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you have, if it's a periodic signal, which means it has, it repeats over a certain amount of time, then the series that you use, the, the components is a series of uh, multiples of the primary frequency. Uh, okay. So, so you know, you might have one hertz, two hertz, you know, four hertz, eight hertz, whatever. Uh, so you have some series of those, but but they're discrete in multiples of the original frequency, as long as it's a periodic signal. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's a non-periodic signal, then you can you can do it theoretically with uh, a continuous range of frequencies. So there's not there's no periodic there's no series of multiples of frequencies that right. add up. It's it's a infinitesimally small change in frequencies, and you add them all up. You integrate over them essentially to get mm-hmm. back to the original one. Okay, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, so you can so you take this this uh, this signal and you can decompose it into the frequencies that make up the original signal, right? Right. With different amplitudes. Well, here let me let me ask you let me ask you let me back up and simplify this a bit. So so is an is an MP3 storing binary data? Yes. And so 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 is the is the frequency of the the notes or tones being played at a, at a, a fraction of a time is that converted into a digital into an, an, a number basically and then that's stored on the disk and then it's is it like because you know in modems like modems used to use module um, uh, demodulation and modulation right to to change an audio signal into binary right to be able to transmit it is it is the same well, kind of thing so like where it's being is, is kind of irrelevant you know, I, 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 just, I mean as a way as a way of turning it into ones and zeros so it could send it over a wire but yeah but I mean, so, is, okay is, so what you're actually talking about is called quantization okay so, so what, I'm, what i'm saying so is, you, is yeah, does so, an mp3 do that like like a digital audio tape is that also digital audio digital so data forget about an mp3 for a second because an mp3 yeah. is heavily processed think about what's on a cd so what a cd is is a it takes the the analog audio signal and it samples it at 44.1 kilohertz which what sampling means is it measures the value at that point and stores the value at that point now the reason they use 44.1 kilohertz is that there's a there's a fundamental theorem based on the properties of periodic signals that you can represent any signal uh, by adding up the frequencies up to double the highest frequency that's that's in the signal mm-hmm. so say you're Say you have a range of frequencies in your original signal that goes from from zero to twenty kilohertz. Mm-hmm. Then theoretically, by sampling at forty kilohertz, you can get every possible signal that's included in there. Oh, I see. Okay, right, right, because yep. anything that's anything that's outside of that band than the actual, yeah, is is it's it's captured by this higher frequency sampling. Yeah. So the reason they use forty four point one kilohertz is that human hearing goes from zero to roughly twenty kilohertz. Hertz. Yeah, yeah. So forty-four point one is overkill over the. 40, so wait, is that human hearing colors. in the in the ocular or in the in the auditory system, or just is that what your ears can hear? That's what also you, music. That's you can what also your feel ear music, can, right? That's what your ear can pick up. But you can also feel music, like you know, yeah, your but bones. That's low can, frequency, okay, right? That's low frequency. That's covered. Mm. You know, you feel the bass. That's yeah. like under a hundred hertz. Bass right. very low frequency. Yeah, perfectly course. fine. It's the very very high frequency stuff that ear can't pick up. Mm. Uh, but that's not part of our hearing. That's right. you know that's not part of sound. That's, part of that's music. for dogs and cats. Yeah, yeah. Dogs and cats can. Yeah, and you know, kids kids can hear up to twenty kilohertz, but adults can't. You know, adults right? Yeah, if they yeah. hear over ten kilohertz. Yeah. Uh, so so by sampling at forty four point one kilohertz, you capture everything that's in the range of of human hearing. So a CD mm-hmm. captures everything that's in the range of human hearing. Mm-hmm. Now it might be processed, in which right. case it can ruin the sound. Right. For sure. Uh, uh, but it's not anything fundamental to the uh, 
to the medium of a CD that's hurting the sound. So I, I don't believe the audiophiles who say it's, <laughs> it's no, so, I mean, it's well, their imagination, honestly. I know, I know. So, well, or, or like I, I saw a, a, t- a video once on a guy who compared, he did like a histogram of the sound from uh, Dark Side of the Moon, like the song Money, mm-hmm. uh, like the first, you know, 30 seconds or whatever. He did a histogram of that and then he did a histogram of playing it from it from like a like a CD or playing it from vinyl or playing it from tape and, and showed the different uh, histo- histogram values, right? And of course it was, you know, lo- more loss on the high-end area as you're talking, but whether or not you could hear that, is a, 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 I agree, that's that's a, a, a good argument because like, right. it's just, we have the same thing in art. I mean, like in art, you know, there's there's a, there's a perception of the number of grays you can see, right? And um, I think it's like 16 or 20 grays or what human beings can actually discern between, like if you look at a patch of grace uh, paint samples, mm-hmm. um, you can see, you can see, you know, sort of 15, 16 divisions, which is why, you know, when we argue about the bit depth of a monitor or the bit depth of an image, you know, um, unless you're going right down to the pixel level and, you know, editing really close and really fine, or you want to blow something up really big, um, most people can't see the difference between um, right. one and the other. I think coming back to, to, to Alan Cross and the rant on his, his podcast, he was talking about the fact that most people these days listen to music on laptop speakers or earbuds, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, they're not, this. it's not the same kind of uh, audio reproduction as you can get from, you know, a proper set of, you know, 1970 speakers, you know. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, and the MP3, let's let's take it the, la- the last step with the MP3. Sure. So, okay, we talked about the sampling, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. we, sample, we sample at a certain rate. That captures all the frequencies. Yeah. No problem. Okay. But because we're converting an audio signal to a digital signal. Right. This is where you, I was going with the loss between potential loss. Okay, well, go ahead. Hold on. <laughs> so, so <laughs> I'm letting you say your thing. Go ahead. Yeah, you've got a certain amount of of uh, audio signal that has to fit into the entire range of the value that you want to sample it to. Yeah. So say it's say it's uh, twelve bits, right? Twelve bits is goes from zero to what is it? One thousand twenty-four. Let's see. Eight bits is two fifty-six. Yeah. Ten bits. Sorry. Ten bits is one thousand twenty-four. Uh, twelve bits would be four thousand ninety-six. Yeah. Anyway, okay. so so okay. So each bit represents a certain sound level, or each set of bits. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the problem is that sound your ear perceives sound logarithmically, not linearly. Okay. So so uh, a per- perception of double the sound in your hearing, double the loudness, mm-hmm. is is actually a, a much higher range in the actual sound level than than double. It's ten to the two. It's a hundred times. So if it sounds if it sounds twice as loud, it's it's a hundred times. It's actually a hundred times more pressure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now oh, because okay. of that, when you try to linearly sample a sound signal, then you're overemphasizing the louder parts. You have more bits in the louder parts than the smaller parts. Right, okay. So so what they do in MP3s are they, they kind of say, okay, well, there's certain areas of sound which are less important. Right. So so they spread the, the bits out differently to, to account for that. Mm-hmm. And so you lose some of the signal because they're artificially sculpting the way that the sound is converted to a digital signal. Mm, okay. And and parts of this parts, parts of the signal that there's not much happening in, they kind of leave out because there's not much going on. And the stuff where there's more happening, they have they cover it more. So you do lose you do lose something when you go to an MP3. Right. And right. that's and that's compression. The reason is the reason they do it is in order to capture the full range, they'd have a lot of data uh, for a lot of stuff where nothing's nothing perceptible. Nothing happening. happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, although there is stuff happening. You just no, I mean nothing perceptible. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Or at least consciously perceptible. Right. But but it is there. And you're right. and you are for sure losing that. So that's that's why an MP3, yeah, it's lossy compared to what's on a regular C D, which is lossless. That's why I like a flak recording, which is lossless. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. It, flack, yeah. Is yeah. is pretty high fidelity, but it takes up an enormous amount of data. Right. An enormous right. amount of space. Yeah. Yeah. I mean this kind of sort of what this this, this uh, I posted a link there about the MP three uh, from from um Wikipedia and there's talking about this thing by uh, Ryan Mo- Ryan McGuire who sort of looked at uh, what in 2015 he released a track blah 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 composed exclusive sounds deleted through MP3 compression mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> in the song Tom's Diner so yeah uh-huh. yeah which comes back to what I was saying earlier about the formation of or the, the standardization of creating MP3 compression right right um, yeah and the reason they cho- it says here the reason they chose that um, that particular track is because it's pretty mono 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 what's the word mono 
monotonic. Monophonic. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Here it is. Here earlier it says monophonic nature of at a wide spectral content, so making it easier to hear imperfections in the compression rates during playbacks. So they call Susan Vega the mother of MP3s. Mm. What do you know? Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, all right. Huh? Wasn't that yesterday? Yeah, well, Christmas. You know, for us, it starts on the twenty fourth in our family, right? But it's, we have Germ- we have German Christmas as well. Today is the twenty sixth. Yeah. So, well, normally Boxing Day would have been the day I would go to my my family for Christmas, but we did we did my family yesterday actually. They don't do Boxing Day in the U.S. <clears throat> you don't have it as a holiday? No, definitely not. Really? Oh, it's a working day for you guys? Yeah, I didn't work today, but it was a work. Do you have day. Boxing Day sales and stuff? Or no, no, Boxing Day oh, really? doesn't exist in the U.S. Really? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. You didn't know that? Well, I think we took. We probably talked about it every year for the last four years. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Didn't no, know I mean, tri- we know of Boxing Day as kind of a British thing, and I guess a, yeah, I guess a yeah. Canadian thing too. But yeah. but it's it is it doesn't. I mean, it really does not exist in the U.S. So traditionally, for us, it's it's kind of like Black Friday, right? Because mm-hmm. um, all the stores, you know, take advantage of, of selling off all the product that, that didn't get sold during the Christmas you know sales period, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, they started their Boxing Day sales last week. This like you know they did the same thing with Black Friday. They had a week of Black Friday sales before the actual Friday because mm. we don't we don't have the same Thanksgiving as you either right so right but we've adopted Black Friday as a, as a retail vehicle for selling you know increasing profits right but you know what the whole tradition of Boxing Day came from and we'll, we'll probably get some Ask MTGC on this for sure but for some people yelling at their phones but as I understand it it was a day when the you know the rich folks would would change or the upper class would would exchange presents and the things they didn't want they would box up and give to you know the downstairs you know the upstairs downstairs downstairs, you know. Right. Uh, did, you ever, did you ever watch, um, what's that, um, Downton Abbey? Never watched it. Never watched it. Well, it's sort of an upstairs-downstairs culture, like the people down in the lower yeah, levels downstairs. of the servants and <coughs> would, help. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh, yeah, so the bo- they would box up the things they didn't they didn't really want to keep, and they would take them down to the hmm. to the staff, right? And I think I think back in the day, too, that, you know, and they used to, I think Boxing Day was also a day when we used to return gifts to the retailers here, mm-hmm. but they don't like us to, re- they don't like to do that because there's a flood of returns, <laughs> you know, after Christmas as you can imagine, right? You probably have the same thing in the States. Like, there's a, there's a cooling off period where you can't return things. Do your retailers do that? No. Okay. <laughs> I've never heard of that. I don't, I don't Well, so, and Boxing Day used to also be a day when the retailers weren't necessarily always open. It was kind of treated like a Sunday kind of thing, right? So... Nah. But no, yeah. We don't have any yeah. of that here. Yeah, no, you get like, you know, 30 to 60% off stuff uh, for Boxing Week here in Canada. So... Yeah. I, guess, I mean, there, people... there are sales for sure after, yeah. after uh, the holidays, but it's not formalized like that. Really? Huh. Interesting. You know, I bought Tunnel Bear when we first started talking about it. Mm-hmm. Really? So, it's so slow. You know what? It's probably because it goes through Toronto. It's pretty good for me. I, I want, yeah. I wonder if uh, my my ISP, which is Comcast, throttles mm. it. It's really possible. Yeah. Mm. They're pretty evil. Well, I use it whenever I don't want to be monitored for whatever reason. Like if I just yeah. don't want, you want to go do something or go to like a site that I don't want tracking me or, right. or I don't want my provider to see what I'm doing. Right. So. Right. Right. Which happens. It's almost like, you know, it's getting to the point where you almost want to run it 24-7, right? Yeah, but you can't. It's too slow. Have you tried it? Do you have it on your uh, iOS device? No, I don't. I should try mm-hmm. that. Interesting. Well, we just had our, our last meetup was at the, the Tunnel Bear office. So. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I don't oh, know. Oh, they're based in Toronto? Yeah, yeah. They're from, they're from uh, Toronto. I think they're, they got purchased by somebody, I thought. Hmm. Did they get purchased by somebody? I don't know. Let me just have a quick look here. Tunnel Bear. That was Google or somebody bought them. Oh, if Google bought them, then definitely All bets them. are off? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is, this is 100% contrary to Google's business. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Tunnel Bear, here's their Wikipedia page. Get some anonymous stuff from them uh, i don't know i wonder if the anonymous grizzly is is a tunnel bear thing because it even on the tunnel bear website it says grizzly regards from toronto canada <laughs> so maybe if you use tunnel bear and you connect to google it shows up as anonymous grizzly yeah. well you said before that you've noticed a vpn software it tends to be slow for you right yeah it does yeah. yeah i thought they were there was something about them i thought that maybe they went maybe they got a bunch of money or oh they're owned by mcafee oh really yeah the guys from um, tennessee right are they they're not are they from Tennessee? Yeah, the, well, the guy who founded um, McAfee is uh, lives in Tennessee. I think he doesn't own it anymore, though. I thought uh, he he was the crazy guy who was in Belize. No, was he? Yeah. 
Right. Uh, John McAfee uh, yeah. resigned the company yeah. in 19... Oh, he resigned in 1994. Wow, a long time ago. Yeah. Oh, incorporated in the state of Delaware. Well, that tells you a whole lot too, doesn't it? No, everybody's corporate, incorporated in Delaware. <laughs> you know why? Because it's the easiest state to get incorporated in. Right, and there's no tax... And the taxes are low, I think. That's what I'm saying. That should tell yeah. you something. <laughs> McAfee is owned by Intel. Is it? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Oh, I, wait, no. It was spun back out in 2017. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, huh. yeah no, they, they bought Tunnel Bear last year, I think. Tunnel Bear. Yeah, 2018, they bought the McAfee developer, developers developed by McAfee. Hmm. Interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Where are you reading that? I'm looking at Wikipedia. Yeah, I'm just Googling. I'm Googling whether Comcast throttles Tunnel Bear. <laughs> Or do they, do they throttle anybody that's using VPN? Maybe, yeah. Well, that would suck if you were working from home, though, right? Cause yeah, it would. No, we use Cisco, I guess it is. Cisco? It's funny. There's a If, if you Google how to fix slow tunnel bear VPN connections. Yeah. don't use you get, Comcast. You get an article from Speedify, which yeah. is apparently a, comp, a competitor. Yeah. They, and they gave a couple of hints and then say, or use Speedify. It's much better. Ah, <laughs> uh, right, right, right. It's funny. Like, it's funny. I don't know. I changed my bell, my bell service a while ago. And, and I don't know if this is YouTube doing this or not, but. Um, whenever I go to YouTube, I get uh, I get performance issues, and like you know, it always plays for like you know thirty seconds, and it goes, "Oh, are you having problems with you know your YouTube connection? Try the YouTube Pro." And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, uh huh." <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you not noticed that? Like YouTube will will stall for after like a first thirty seconds or so. And uh, they try to, try to upsell you. Oh, sometimes, yeah, sometimes it does. It'll show an ad in the middle, and then it'll it'll say like you know, and then I get this uh, I get this you know, oh, try these, check these other providers in your area, and, and of course. Oh, no, I don't get that. Yeah, and Bell is is always the number one one. So I don't know if it's a, a, an ad scam or something like that or whatever. Yeah, can't trust anybody. Mm. But I find it annoying that I, I changed my uh, my Bell what I'm paying for from Bell, and now now I'm having a, you know these glitches every now and then, which I think is very very suspect. Mm. You know. I love Sorry, it. I'm just looking at the reviews of Tunnel Bear to see if uh, if there's any, any. Where are you seeing that from on Apple Store? No, just uh, it looks like it's an it's a website called thebestvpn.com. Mm-hmm. I have no idea if they're biased or not. No idea. Right. They recommend ExpressVPN as the best overall. Mm. For all yeah. I know, these guys are the makers of ExpressVPN, though. Yeah. 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 Well, there's a number of uh, number of VPNs I see every now and then and, and advertise here and there. Yep. Let's see. Why is my bear slow? If your ISP is okay some isps may try to throttle or slow encrypted traffic coming from your network really yeah, i bet your comcast does mm-hmm. they're pretty evil yeah wouldn't put it past them yeah although i also use uh uh ghostery light now mm-hmm. uh, oh instead of ghostery yeah well because ghostery when mojave came out they recommended not not using ghostery anymore right moving to ghostery light oh really yeah the ghostery actually did that really yeah so when I, w- I was using ghostery and they told me to switch to ghostery light because ghostery was having issues with Mojave, I guess. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, I wondered because I just I noticed that my ghost has been turned off. I couldn't I forgot I couldn't figure out why. Yeah, that's probably why. Safari extension that takes me to the App Store when I go to Safari extensions. Right. No, don't look in under extensions. Look under preferences. Yeah. Under yeah, now. Yeah. So I've got ghost turned off. Mm-hmm. Um, it says this extension will slow down your web browsing. Right. So there's something called Ghostry Light that came out mm-hmm. with Mojave. That and how did you find that to the App Store? Or? I think. I got a notice from Ghostry or something saying okay. to use that instead. Let's see, Ghostry Light. Oh, okay, I'll try that one. Actually, I'm, I'm using Duck, Duck, Duck Go though. I mean, that's or oh, is Duck, Duck Go messed up with Mojave too? I think maybe. No, Duck, Duck, Duck Go seems to work. Ghostry versus Ghostry Light. Let me make sure I wasn't getting scammed here. <laughs> yeah, it's from Ghostry. It shows on the yeah, the it's from Ghostry. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's one blocker and block tracking and yeah, because I think I think the Duck, Duck Go extension also does. Let's just check it here. Oh, our extension now only includes Duck, Duck Go private search due to changes in Safari 12. This extension no longer includes a tracker blocker. This is TouchShirt and DuckDuckGo. Let's see what they say. So it says Safari is moving to a new model of browser extensions that offers users greater security and performance. We, ho- we hope to eventually be able to add back to DuckDuckGo privacy essentials. That was one of our picks a couple weeks ago. Huh. Hmm. Well, that's new. So I guess it's a good thing I'm installing the light version here. Let go. Open. Enable Ghostry Light. Right, turn that on. Turn this off. And we've got Ghostry Light UI. Oh, I guess it puts a little ghost up here. Cool. Well, that's installed. What it does. Hmm. Are you using custom pre- protection or just default protection? I just use default. I'm glad I'm protected now again. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I haven't updated Carol's computer yet, so interesting. Learn something new every day. <laughs>